steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! To the Unbelievable Podcast, I am BJ Ardell. Back here with my guy Drew Mahold, and today is Draft Day. It's Draft Day, two thousand twenty-two, April twenty-eighth. Of course, we were recording the day before, but uh, for the purposes of your listening pleasure, I'm just going to pretend that today is Draft Day. It's an exciting day, of course, for your Minnesota Vikings. Sitting here with the twelfth overall pick, or at least that's what they have as of the start of this show. Um, going to be an exciting day for sure. So today we're going to do a mock draft and. To save you guys some, we're going to do a three-round mock draft because, of course, after you get through the third round, a lot of the people listening to the show and also the person speaking right now does not know a whole lot about those players. So <laughs> we're going to focus on those first uh, 96 picks or show or so and kind of what the Vikings are going to be doing with those picks. Um, we spoke in the last show about kind of what we think the Vikings should do kind of based off of our knowledge of the, the team our knowledge of the draft and kind of what is what the expectations should be for this team. Um, so that will be a lot of that will carry over here into the, into today. So we'll focus a lot on, you know, the cornerback position, the wide receiver position that we talked about interior offensive line, et cetera. And we'll get into that in just a second here. Um, and then we'll wrap things up kind of with just a general summary of what we did, whether it's good or bad. Um, if you're watching on YouTube right now, which I, I'm assuming most of you are not, but if you happen to be watching on YouTube, uh, we do have this pulled up um, on video. So if you want to watch us go through this mock draft via Pro Football Focus's automated draft simulator, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. In fact, I encourage you to do so because we're doing this literally live. So if we experience any complications, you guys will be right in the middle of that. Um, <laughs> this is None of this is planned. Like we have very little idea of how this is going to go. We have no idea what these teams are going to do. We're just going to work with what we're dealing with as the Vikings are going to be doing later on tonight. So the goal here, of course, is to simulate as much as possible what the Vikings will be doing tonight um, during the draft. So that is our game plan for today's show. Uh, should be a fun one. We're excited about it. We hope you are too. Uh, but before mm-hmm. we do that, I do have to let you guys know one, one final time here. We're climbing the pocket and the rest of our team here is doing uh, for the draft. So first and foremost, I want to mention that the guys on this team are going to be overloading you with content. Uh, Starting at 7 p.m. sharp, uh, you will be experiencing the full network of analysts that our team has, um, and that goes all the way through 5 p.m. on Sunday. So you will be getting everyone from Tyler to Nick to Matt to to Nishka to everyone else on our team, Jason, et cetera, will be on Throughout the, throughout the weekend, talking about the draft, talking about the Vikings, what they're doing, what's going on in the draft. You'll get full analysis from all those guys that are a lot smarter than me, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that. With that being said, we also have the live show that Drew and I have been talking about for about the last month or so here, maybe six weeks. Uh, that starts at 5, 5.30 p.m. on the 29th, Friday, um, at Lake Monster Brewing. Uh, they're going to be doing some giveaways, obviously great beer available there at Lake Monster. Um, you have an opportunity to speak with the analysts on the 
on our squad and, you know, chat them up about the draft, have some fun conversations, some good times and have some good beer as well. Um, great opportunity. If you love the draft and great opportunity, if you love beer, so uh, make sure to come out to Lake monster brewing, check out that sponsored event that climbing the pocket is doing. It's actually the first one that our team is doing. So we're really excited about that. And uh, I hope you guys, uh, you know, find a way to get out there if you are in Minnesota. And if you're not, uh, you know, to find other ways to support the team as well, listening to the show is a good start. So thank you guys for joining us here today. Um, and like I said, one more time, 29th, Friday, 5.30 to 10 p.m., Lake Monster Brewing, live show from Climbing the Pocket and the squad. So, all right, let's get into this mock draft here. And what I wanted to do before we actually kick this thing off is to kind of set the stage a little bit here. Um, I know we spent the last show kind of setting the stage a little bit, but just kind of as a, re a recursor, if you will, uh, to go over kind of Drew and I's beliefs on what the Vikings should be doing. Um, I, I imagine we share a lot of those same beliefs with you guys, but um, just to set the stage for what to expect from us specifically here, um, we are very much in on best player available to, to be straightforward with it. Um, both Drew and myself and Drew, feel free to jump in. Mm -hmm. We're very much in the, in the future bucket as opposed to the immediate contention bucket. And I think our draft here today will reflect that. Right. And that's where, that's where I think there's some discrepancies among maybe what a lot of Vikings fans think compared to what we think. Um, I also am probably a discrepancy as to what the Vikings front office thinks a little bit as well. Um, so that with, but with that said, you're right. Um, now that that's not to say we, we won't be targeting a position of need, sure. but it's one of those where um, if it comes down to a coin flip, I guess I would prefer the Vikings take the, the better prospect regardless of position. Right. Uh, because in the long term the better prospect is a better fit. The positional needs change very rapidly year over year. And so you want the guy that has the talent, has the upside, has uh, the, well, eventually the production, right. That outweighs kind of the whole positional needs thing in the short term. Right. Right. And there is a little bit of a discrepancy between, you know, the average fan, myself, um, the in-depth analyst, the experienced beat reporter, et cetera. Everyone's going to tell you something different with regard to what the team's needs are for the Vikings. Mm -hmm. team needs is somewhat subjective as well. I mean, of course, it could be team needs for 2023, 2022, 2024. Um, it could be team needs for 2030. I mean, it could be uh, on the screen here for PFF, Houston, right. <laughs> every position <laughs> is listed as their needs. So uh, maybe PFF it's just, yeah, they'll be doing for, uh, best player available, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I'm pretty confident in that as well. PFF, of course, as you can see on the screen, if you are watching on YouTube, like I said, um, the Vikings are listed at guard, center, edge, and cornerback as their key four needs here. Some of these teams have more needs than others, as Drew just said. Um, it's pretty funny. I didn't even notice that, that PFF is literally saying every position for Houston, which I think is a fair assessment. So, um, yeah, but for us, uh, like I said, we're going to be focusing on best player available for the most part. If there is some overlap with those needs, then, of course, we're going to go in that general direction. You guys heard me speak about Derek Stingley last weekend. Um, you've heard us also speak about, you know, the wide receiver position, which is not listed as a need per se. Uh, but, of course, the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, and you kind of overlook the fact that, you know, with K.J. Osborne on the roster, he's got a good wide receiver three. And it's easy to forget that Adam Thielen is going to be 34 pretty soon here. And, of course, wide receiver becoming – very important position. Last week, we also talked about the defensive tackle spot a little bit as well, which the Vikings have plenty of talent on their current roster, but things could change basically overnight given the current co contracts of those guys on that defensive line. So we'll see what happens here. Um, but that's kind of the general overview of what we're looking to do here today. Um, so 
before I get in here, let me just give you a quick overview of what this simulator actually looks like, the kind of um, information that we're working with. Um, we're going with the general default for the most part for PFF. I think I imagine that many of you um, have, list, have used the PFF simulator before, have used the draft network simulator before. So you're familiar with kind of the process and how these things work. But um, just for those of you who have not, um, we're focused on kind of using the, both the analyst as well as the fan perspective. I tried to balance that straight down the middle. Um, I also tried to get the, the simulator to use um, the best player available uh, tradition as opposed to focusing on needs, right? So you're going to see quarterbacks in theory, right? If this does what, it's, what I want it to do, um, you're going to see quarterbacks come off the board first because they have higher position or, position or value. You'll see safeties drop down the board in theory because they have lower positional value, that type of thing. Um, I don't expect to see an interior offensive lineman go in the top five. That's not the anticipation with the kind of the way I got this thing set up. But for the most part, we're using a default simulator here um, and it's going to work as you typically would if you were to use the default settings for PFF with exception to the one thing that I just said. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into it here. Um, I'm going to talk through this as I hit start draft. Um, again, if you're watching on the screen, this is kind of slowly going to drop through each individual team. Once we get to the Vikings pick, I'm going to pause it, hopefully, and Drew and I will kind of talk through what's going on in the situation, mm -hmm. what we're dealing with, what the Vikings have available to them, and kind of what our thoughts are with those players. So um, here we go. Uh, all these teams are now picking. For those of you watching on the screen, this means absolutely nothing to you, but Aiden Hutchinson is the number one pick according to the PFF simulator. It's not Trayvon Walker. He does go second. Stingley. Stingley is off the board at number four. Ahmad Gardner goes right before him at number three. Uh, we drop all the way down. Trent McDuffie also off the board. If you've been following other mock drafts, I know that people have been projecting him to the Vikings at number 20. Um, but he's off the board in the top 10 as well. Evan Neal, of course, who is a big, hulking offensive lineman, is off the board to the Falcons at number eight. And Kyle Hamilton, who we discussed last week as well, goes off the board to the Commanders right before the Vikings. So Vikings are in a bit of a tough spot <laughs> relative to kind of the conventional wisdom as to how this draft is going mm -hmm. to fall. There has been zero quarterback taken. And there's been the three cornerbacks taken. Right, right. Uh, which is not, uh, in like, not favorable for Vikings fans. Um, Kyle Hamilton went to that kind of would have been a sneaky one where I would have been right. kind of in favor of taking that risk. Um, you know, again, the whole best player available thing, obviously the position of value is not necessarily there, but he could be one of those kind of to pass a torch along from Harrison Smith to Kyle Hamilton at that kind of hybrid safety position. But mm -hmm. the Vikings are now left at 12 and I, for those that have listened to the show, they know I kind of like wide receiver as a position. Uh, to target. I always will. You see now across the league, how uh, wide receiver, uh, you know, elite receivers are being valued more, being paid more. And thus um, they're having a little bit more freedom and they're, and you're going to expect guys like maybe a Justin Jefferson in a few years to explore their options and potentially go somewhere else. Um, and with that said, I think, you know, drafting a receiver here is, is a, a war, a risk that you need to consider. Absolutely. So what I've done here while Drew was speaking was I, I narrowed it down. And again, if you're watching on the screen, this means nothing to you. But if you're listening, for those of you listening, and I anticipate that most of you are listening, I've narrowed this down to four positions here for the Vikings specifically. And I'm going to look at the best player available relative to, to PFF system. here. We've got wide receiver, interior offensive lineman, cornerback, and defensive lineman as the four spots here that I've narrowed it down to. Because, of course, we're drafting at number 12. There's plenty of players still on the board, despite the fact that 
maybe some of the favorites are now on different teams according to the simulator, right? Uh, so the main names, so names that should jump off the board right away for you guys. Jameson Williams from Alabama, of course, prolific wide receiver, um, has got a ton of hype throughout this draft process, and it's been a little bit of an up-and-down battle for him. Um, you've seen him ranked number one by some guys and ranked number five by other guys, but according to uh, PFF system here, he's ranked at number nine. We've also got Drake London, the prolific wide receiver from USC. Tyler Lindenbaum, the center from Iowa, who's generated a lot of interest for the Vikings specifically, probably not at the number 12 pick, um, but you do have that opportunity there uh, with a guy that could potentially replace Garrett Bradbury, who it seems like, and I believe this has not been confirmed yet, but is not going to have his fifth-year option picked up. We've also got Jordan Davis on the board here as well from Georgia, the prolific defensive lineman uh, that Drew and I talked about a little bit at length with the great personality, the fun skill set, and the you know, incre incredible um, athleticism traits. Um, Chris Olave, who I know for, I'll just say it right out, uh, Tyler Furness on our team absolutely loves and has been banging the table for. He's also available here. Uh, we also got Sky Moore from Western Michigan, who has climbed up the board. Andrew Booth, the cornerback from Clemson. A uh, couple other guys on here as well. Kair Elam from, uh, from Florida, who I know Patrick Peterson just spoke about um, on his podcast earlier. Very strong cornerback that, you know, he believes in um, to some degree. I mean, of course, he's you know, he's speaking from his own perspective, but Patrick Peterson's perspective on cornerbacks probably a little bit more in-depth and more knowledgeable than mine. So I feel like it's worthy of mentioning him as well. But that essentially rounds out, you know, you got Devontae Wyatt mm -hmm. as well, a couple of other guys, a couple of other nice players here too, but that rounds out the basic feel for what's going to be available to Drew and I at number 12 here. So, so what I, I, I do, I do want to see you click on that trade tab there uh, because it looks like there's maybe three requests there. Uh, and there's the possibility there of trading down mm -hmm. because you, you yeah. there's I, I I feel like you didn't get like we were hoping for obviously Stingley if you listen to the last show and that was right you know it didn't get that um, I'm still and I, I talked about Jordan Davis last show I kind of like that idea and I think he seems to me like a guy that you know it, it I don't want to compare him to Aaron Donald because I think that's unfair but. Right. I think he's one of those types of players that you look back on like four or five years down the line, you look back at the draft, like how did people pass on him in the middle of the middle of the first round? So right. uh, that's one where like, you know, there's, there's enough guys there. I think where you could maybe trade down a few picks and like, maybe it looks like the chargers are interested and they're at 17 mm -hmm. could potentially at, see what they're offering to move up five spots, maybe accumulate another pick. And like, cause like we've BJ, excuse me, like BJ and I have said, like we're interested in, in building for the future a little bit more than winning now. Right. And I don't think any of these players are going to do that now. Like they're not going to elevate the Vikings to another level. Now, Jamison Williams, maybe if there was a clean bill of health there and there was no concerns, mm -hmm. obviously that's not guaranteed right now. So I guess, what I mean, what are your thoughts, BJ? I would be interested in seeing what the Chargers have to offer. I think going down to 24 might be a little much, but yeah. well, it looks like Dallas is next there at 24. But uh, what do you think? So the three teams that are, in theory, interested in the Vikings number 12 pick right now, as Drew said, the Chargers at 17, Dallas Cowboys at 24, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 27. Those are your three options to add the trade partner according to the system, right? So what we would need to do now is come up with a trade to facilitate this action here. Uh, to move the Chargers up and the Vikings back down. I'm with you, Drew, that I want to stay in the top 20. So to me, the only viable option for the Vikings in terms of a trade down is to move down with the Chargers. Um, that's the move to pick number 17, like you said. The next thing that we have to do here 
And I'm with you. I think that trading down is the move in this situation, given what's accessible on the board um, and given the players that are going to be available regardless within the next, what is it, five picks. So you're still going to have at least one guy of those, what, eight names that I just rattled off a couple minutes ago that will be available to you if you're going to be taking best player available and also trying to get some position mm-hmm. value as well. So I'm with you that trading down is probably the move here. So let's let's do that. I think that's something that could very realistically happen with the Vikings as well. And like I said at the top of the show, we are hoping to simulate something that's relatively familiar or at least makes sense uh, for the Vikings in this draft. So let's move down to 17, assuming we can connect on a trade here with Los Angeles that they're going to agree to. Um, we're not going to force uh, this trade. Uh, and I, I, I'm noticing they don't have a second round pick. So curious there, like you kind of want to maybe grab that 79th pick somehow because they have their so they, they go from 17 to 79 that's their their pick window so you almost want to grab 79 they might not take that right away they might ask for you know maybe they ask for one of uh, another late round pick from the vikings in return but um, looking on the screen here as i click through um pff does offer some insight into what will likely be accepted um, mm. And I currently have on the board, I want 17, 79, 123, 116, <laughs> 195 for 12, which of course is not realistic. But uh, for the purpose of this draft, of course, we're only going through the third round. So we're definitely going to get 17 and 79. The other question here is basically what will be, what, what is something realistic here? Do you think that the Vikings could probably get a fourth round pick as well? I'm not looking at the player value chart. I'm doing this basically on the fly. So I don't have that in my head. Someone hopefully is looking at that and going to tell me I'm an idiot if I get something wrong here, but I think that five spots, if you're able to acquire a third round pick, yeah. as well as a fourth round pick is something that will benefit the Vikings long-term. It also gives them the opportunity to take a good player still available in the first round while acquiring more draft compensation to get, you know, potentially. Yeah. One I mean, player. and realistically, I doubt the charters would go, would give up like all the first three picks in this draft <laughs> to go up five spots. It'd probably right. be something where maybe the next year they give up a pick in the fourth round in addition to 79 to move or something like that. But either way it, it's hey, shout out to PFF. They're letting us do this. So let's do it. Cool. All right. So we're going to offer 12 for 17, 79 and 123 in order for the Vikings to move down five spots in the draft. Here comes that offer offering trade has been accepted. We're going to resume nice. the draft here. The Vikings are now selecting at number 17 overall. Chargers five. selected Jamison Williams with that pick. That they did. So they have a stocked wide receiver core with Keenan Allen, Jamison Williams. I love it. I love it. I like that too. With Justin Herbert throwing it, that's real nice. So the guys who have since came off the board, I know we didn't even talk about this, by the way, but Malik Willis, I think we, because we're fighting for realism here, we didn't talk about the quarterback position. I don't see the Vikings drafting a quarterback. But Malik Willis just went number 16 to the Saints. In theory, had the Vikings not traded down in this simulation, they could have drafted Willis. I don't think he's even going to be there. So that would have kind of killed the whole realistic nature of this draft. So anyways, he's off the board along with Drake London as well. Uh, A couple other guys that are not necessarily on the Vikings radar relative to what we've seen. Uh, but who is still there now? Who who is still available to the Vikings at that 17th? Linderbaum, Wyatt, um, Jordan Davis is still there. That that Jordan Davis is calling my name. I know that's a, maybe an outside the box pick for a lot of the listeners, but that that I am very intrigued. The other option here is to trade down once again to accumulate more picks because there are a couple of players available here. Once again, um, Jordan Davis, like Drew just said. You've also got Chris Olave still there as well. Andrew Booth from Clemson, who I also mentioned before. 
um, I think, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that you could still get a very good player if you were to move to 23 with the Cardinals. The other trade options that are available to the Vikings routes of this simulator, of course, um, are not in the first round. I'm not interested in trading out of the first round entirely. So really the only option to trade would be to trade down to Arizona at 23. How do you feel about that? Or do you want to stick with it here and draft one of these guys, Jordan Davis, Chris Olave, Tyler Linderbaum as well. Um, Devontae Wyatt's still there on the board, falling a little bit. Um, got a couple of other nice players here as well. Sky Moore, Nicole mm-hmm. Dean, um, and so forth. What are your thoughts? I... I'm I, I'm gonna say no to Linderbaum, and I think okay. I think that's just too high for an interior offensive lineman. We right. saw how that experiment worked with Bradbury a couple years ago. Uh, I'm not willing to rake that risk. Um, I think I, I I am leaning Jordan Davis. I think that's one where we talked about it. I mean, that could be a really good fit in the three four for for a several years. Um, obviously, the unbelievable size and athleticism, right. and a guy that. There's a still a, like I don't know if the, the the ceiling is like defined for him either. So I I kind of want to lean that way uh, with this pick and go with that instead of even trading down because uh, I do then you risk losing him, you risk losing Olave, you risk losing uh, several other guys. So that's that's where I lean here. And again, that's not conventional, but I, I in the real draft I would be surprised if Davis is actually available at 17. And so I think you get value here. So there's three options to me because I'm going to make a, I, I'm with you. I want to make a pick here as well because I don't want to risk losing all three of these guys by moving down six more picks. Jordan Davis, Chris Olave, and Andrew Booth are the three players here to me that make the most sense for the Viking at 17. Two of those players relative to draft position in these simulators would be considered – well, actually, all three of them, honestly, would be considered to be a reaches, which I think is a little bit questionable. I think that Olave probably goes top 15. I think Davis probably goes top 15. I think Andrew Booth is really the only one that's kind of outside – uh, a little bit it would be a bit of an over a bit of a reach for your Vikings here at 17 overall keeping in mind of course that you don't draft again until 46 so I think you got to get a guy here and I, I think I'm with you for the most part that it's it's got to be either Davis or Olave and both of those picks are not going to help you in 2022 so there's someone screaming right now that doesn't like this but I think long term one of those two players is the guy that you have to take. And I think overall, if you're going to get the best player for what you need to do to build this franchise up over the next two, three years, I think Jordan Davis probably is that guy because you're going to be so focused on that three, four unit and having a big hulking guy in the center of it. That's going to free up the edges for Zadarius Smith, Neil Hunter, et cetera. But I think it's that much more important despite the fact that you did just pick up Harrison Phillips and you do have Dalvin Tomlinson still on the roster as well. It does give him some time to develop too. Um, whether he needs that or not remains to be seen, but it does give him that luxury and it gives you mm-hmm. a really nice rotation in the three, four unit. That's going to be asked to do a lot of work this upcoming season. So I'm ready to lock in Jordan. Davis. Is that what you want to do as well? Yeah, I, I think, I think we do it. I think we do it. It's again, it's, un, it's not conventional, but, I really think he's going to be gone in the top 10, potentially the top 10, if for not for sure, the top 15 in, you know, Thursday night and the, the real draft. So I think 17 here is a good value. All right. Jordan Davis locked in for your Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings get the hulking athletic specimen 
immediately at number 17 uh, with your first pick of the draft. For the record, by the way, Andrew Booth goes number 19, Chris Olave goes number 21, and Tyler Linderbaum goes 22 to the Green Bay Packers. Which brings us all the way to the second round now here. Kenny Pickett, by the way, just slid all the way to the second round in the simulation. That's interesting. Matt Corral also off the board at 43. Um, Sam Howell goes off the board at number 45. So anyone that had quarterback dreams here in the simulation, uh, your dreams have been shattered. I apologize for that. So uh, we are now at number 46. We have gotten a defensive tackle, so we have not addressed any sort of need whatsoever. So let's take a look at, <laughs> let's take a look at what is available here for your Vikings relative to needs, of course, to some degree, but also keeping in mind best player available and not overdrafting anyone um, for the simple sense of you need to fill a certain position. So I'm going to once again open up wide receiver, interior offensive lineman, cornerback, and we're going to maybe edge. We can look at edge as well, given the depth at that position and take a look at what we got here. So we've got a few here, and I think a lot of these guys are actually going to be off the board. Um, Again, that's kind of the fun of the simulators that you get to pick guys that maybe wouldn't be. Uh, Nick Benito from Oklahoma is the first one that jumps out. Um, he's the pre-draft rank for PFF at 38. You've also got Drake Jackson, another edge. Josh Pascal, another edge. And then Boy Mafe, who, of course, Minnesota Gopher fans are familiar with uh, being an edge rusher from Minnesota. Filled with edges, basically, for the best player available at this point in the draft. Um, you've also got Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, wide receiver. And then you get into the cornerback position a little bit here with Roger McCreary, Cam Taylor-Britt. I got Marcus Jones from Houston. And then you start getting into the waters a little bit with players that would be considered, you know, a bit of a reach here. So interesting spot to be in for the Vikings, given that board really didn't fall. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple of other options, of course, too. You could trade down once again and try to accumulate more picks. Um, you could move to the number 50 slot with the Chiefs, the 52 slot with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the 54 slot with the Patriots. Wow. <laughs> so there are nine trades available at this spot. So what are you thinking here for what makes the most sense? Mm-hmm. Got Jaquan Brisker if you're interested in going safety um, as well from Penn State. Sure. Um, you know, the, the guy calling my name is, is Drake Jackson here. I think that's a guy I think you had mentioned already. He's probably gone at this point in the draft. Um, but I think he's, you know, the Vikings need some edge guys. They need some depth. I think you've seen that the last couple of years when Hunter's been out, Griffin's been out, um, you name it, has been out. The Vikings have basically very little pass rush. And Jackson's a guy that I don't think he's super, I don't think he'd be, you know, a, a day one kind of starting caliber player. I think he'd maybe need a year to develop, could contribute some starter caliber snaps, uh, spot start if needed, maybe as a rookie. But I think long-term you, you have to find somebody or at least take a chance on somebody um, as that kind of third pass rusher for this year, other than, you know, DJ Wanham, right? Uh, I, I, Wanham, to me, I think he'll get his snaps. He'll get his chances. He's had some chances, but I think the Vikings can do a lot better there. So I think Jackson's a guy. He's got some athleticism, uh, long strides. You know, he can. He's not the strongest, uh, but I think in this league, it seems like more and more now, quickness and athleticism is winning uh, uh, as a pass rusher a little bit more than the strength. So um, I like Jackson there. That's a you know that's a good quick overview of Jackson for sure. Another point to reference here relative to what we know about Quasi specifically in his draft interest is that Jackson's 21 years old. 
Um, mm-hmm. He's a young player that will have time to develop within the Vikings defensive system. Um, and he also, like Drew said, has the opportunity to play behind Daniel Hunter and Zedarius Smith to start his career, which gives him that true opportunity to really grow in his first season as a rotational pass rusher. Um, this isn't, once again, um, this isn't an immediate need for the Vikings. Uh, they do have two starting caliber players. Both of those players didn't play a whole lot, if at all, last season. Um, so I think that's an important thing to note here, um, given that if you if you are like me and like Drew as well, and don't want DJ Wanham starting 16 or 17 games for your next season, it would be good to have a backup plan to some degree. So while edge rusher is not necessarily the biggest need in the world, um, it does fill a backup rotational type role need, which is that much more important in the three, four unit that's going to feature two guys coming off the edge from that level. So Drake Jackson, uh, Josh Pascal from Kentucky as well. I know that Nick Benito is a big fan, has some fans in our climb in the pocket team as well. Uh, to me, it comes down to one of those two guys taking Benito or taking Jackson. Um, yeah, I'm good with either one. I think I think I think Jackson maybe has a little higher upside, but I, I think there's also a very strong argument for for Benito as well. So let's go with Jackson just for the sake of this draft. Um, we'll take him here at number 46. PFF likes that in terms of value for us. Uh, so we'll make that selection here. Drafting two defensive linemen, <laughs> or I guess a line, I, I suppose more one defensive lineman and a true edge rusher in a three, four system. Yeah. Started off here. Probably not the, not the draft that a lot of the listeners are, are, you know, we're, we're hoping for, especially just ignoring cornerback, but it's, it is the way, you know, it kind of fell. So the beauty of what we have done here in the first round, however, is that now the Vikings have selections number 77 and 79. So the board is ours at this point in time. And it gives us the opportunity here to make a more rash selection that is prone to more filling a slot of need, if you will. Uh, there's a couple, there's going to be a couple of options here. I'm going to narrow it down to straight wide receiver, cornerback and interior offensive lineman here for the sake of appealing to what the Vikings need um, short-term and long-term. Um, they do need to get an offensive lineman here, I think in these next two picks. And I do think they do need to get a cornerback in these next two picks as well. Sure. That should hopefully align with average draft position, positional value, um, all of the best player available, all those good things. So what we've got here now is we got Dylan Parham from, from Memphis. That's a guard. We got Marcus Jones from Houston, a cornerback. Donovan West, a center from Arizona State. Kyle Phillips, a wide receiver from UCLA. Cole Strange, Chattanooga. Jalen Armour Davis, cornerback from Alabama. Cam Jurgens, who I know has a lot of fans within our team. Uh, center from Nebraska. Basically, we're going to have two of the next three picks here. So get familiar with this list of guys because two of them are coming off the board with our last picks of this mock draft. Mm-hmm. What are you leaning here based off of what's available? Um, is there anyone that jumps out at you? Or is there anyone that makes you particularly excited? Yeah, I think you're right about, you know, this is kind of where you can assess your needs on the roster and take chances on positions that need it um, a little bit more. I think you, this is, this is I, to me where you kind of, I don't want to say go away from best player available completely, but I think you also can address needs. And so I think the nice thing here is you look at, at least according to the the rankings here in front of us um, and the big board that's in front of us, you have guard and you have cornerback. It's the top two mm-hmm. uh, positions, which is falling right into the Vikings lap in terms of needs. You also have another center following and so and then of course other cornerbacks armor davis you have cam jurgens their interior lineman as well so um you have 
you have Marcus Jones, and I, I think the other one too that you know I like is Dylan Parham uh, as a as a guard, former tight end, so he can move. Um, and he's he's kind of explosive right off the line. Um, not, I think the lateral movement might be not quite as uh, up to par quite yet in the NFL in terms of a starting caliber player, but I think that's one. I think that would be, I think he'd still be a very safe pick. Like you, you can expect Parham to contribute and compete uh, for reps right away. So that's, I think a safe pick there for me, but there's also, you know, if, if you maybe wanted to roll the dice on one of these corners, you could do that too. So the, the problem that the Vikings are facing here is that the corners that are going to be available are not going to be outside cornerbacks for the most part here. Uh, yeah. Armor Davis, Marcus Jones is tiny. Yes, Marcus Jones is 5'8", so he's your nickel quarterback, which the Vikings do need, right? And you do have Cameron Dantzler, you know, you do have Patrick Peterson, so it does fill a, quote, immediate need in that regard. Um, I just personally don't value the nickel position relative to its actual strength and value in the NFL because it simply isn't a position that's drafted that high most of the time. And when it is drafted that high, they're not paid in accordance with their skill set and their necessity on the field relative to how many three, four, and five wide receiver sets that teams are running nowadays. So Marcus Jones is an option. The other option for me here is Jalen Armour Davis. I pulled his little bio here up on the screen. Projects more as an outside corner with his body type at 6'1", 197. Yeah. He's also got a younger age. <laughs> I'll also describe that. Yeah, I mean, he's 22 and the, the the injury history too, which I think can be a good and a bad thing because in a, in a, in a right. good – like. You see all the time some of these prospects that either a they have the injuries in college that kind of prevents them from really making a name for himself at the NCAA or at the college football level, or b they just are super raw and they don't really come into their own as a player yet until they're a pro. Uh, and that's where you could see that with Armour Davis a little bit, and he has the size too to kind of be that outside corner someday. Uh, so I think the, I, I'm kind of I like Armour Davis. I like. Parham as well. I know, you know, this isn't Mike Zimmer we're, we're drafting for, right? So this, the size aspect of things is not as important. Um, but like your, your, and of course, Cam Jurgens, another guy too, as the interior lineman, another, another one that, uh, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of the, our team members like as well as a kind of a mid round interior lineman to, to target. So any of those would be fine. And again, the Vikings are picking in two picks here with our, with our draft. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll be straight with you. I'm leaning Cam Jurgens here for a couple of reasons. One, I don't believe in Garrett Bradbury. I'm definitely in that camp mm-hmm. um, who doesn't think that he's pro um, because of his body type, because of his un- un- inability to drop his leg, set basically set up defensive linemen in a way that he wants. I just don't think he's ever going to be able to put on the weight necessary to do that. Cam Jurgens can definitely do that at 303. And if you're watching here, um, on the YouTube channel. You can also see that PFF has noted that this is one of the most explosive offensive linemen in the entire draft um, in terms of athleticism, in terms of overall ability, and in terms of his ceiling and his projection. Um, this isn't mm-hmm. a guy that's probably going to start week one for the Vikings because Bradbury, it seems, will still be that guy. But it does give you the ability to, give, to put in an established player, a guy who played a lot and a lot well at Nebraska, and it gives people yeah. to, to believe that this guy is going to be good and get on, and only get better long term. So yeah, the the, the one concern I, that I have, and, and I, I'm good with it because I think you have to 
that position has to be addressed. Uh, interior offensive line has to be addressed. And so we can pull the trigger here. I think just the the concern, and I think you're, there's going to be concerns with anybody at this part of the draft, but you, you risk another center that's undersized and not like doesn't have the mass, right? That's kind of the Bradbury concern. You see it all the time. Like that's a, a little bit of that concern there with Jurgens. Um, the same concern anyway, but let's do it because the Vikings need to certainly address that position. So we're pulling the trigger on Jurgens here, giving the Vikings an interior offensive lineman. Sam Williams is the one that went in between the edge from Mississippi. He goes to the Browns and the Vikings are back in the box. So everyone that we were just speaking of is still here. One guy that we have not spoken about that is still on this board for one reason or another is quarterback from Nevada, Nevada, if you will, Carson Strong. Um, I think this is the last real conversation that we have before we get into the wrap here. Um, it's either, it basically comes down to, do you feel like you need to get a cornerback in the top 96, or do you feel like this draft is deep enough where you can get someone a little bit later? And if so, or if not, do you have to take a cornerback here, or are you willing to bet on the long-term potential of Carson Strong, who has some believing that he's deserving of being drafted in the first round, Others believing that he's not worthy until being drafted in the mid rounds. And of course, in the simulator, he's dropped all the way to the back end of the third round. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts here on taking a quarterback that has the tools uh, to succeed, definitely has a cannon for an arm, and definitely has a lot of believers as well um, with Kirk Cousins playing on a one year contract? I, I, I'm always going to be for it. Um, I think the quarterback position is one that you have to take your chances on. And yeah, I know, I know a lot of people are going to refer to last year with Kellen Mond and the Vikings already have that kind of young guy that could become something. Um, but I, I think it's worth another shot. I really do. Um, and here's the thing. I mean, we, we can do that. We cannot do it. I mean, it's, it's, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I would be in favor of going strong here. Um, but with that said, I also, like you mentioned, I like Armour Davis. Um, as a corner, that's probably the guy we'd go, we'd go to now, I think, um, just to make sure you get a corner, get a guy that could give you something could, could give you some some depth there. And I think that's going to be the big miss that we would get a lot of, uh, criticism for would be not addressing the cornerback position given, you know, we've had three picks, four picks, uh, now this would be the fourth one and he didn't even take corner. I did see you scroll over James Cook there, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think I think strong. I think Armour Davis. I think those are the two guys that I would I would lean here. And I guess my take would be to lean strong. But I guess I know that's going to be kind of against the grain for a lot of people. Yeah, it's not against the grain for me, though. Shocking. Um, I mean, as you guys know, I definitely came in here. Loving cornerbacks, wanting a cornerback, hoping that Stingley was going to be available at 12. And yet here we are, 79 picks to 78 picks later. And I'm not, I'm really not even thinking cornerback, given the fact that Carson Strong, Strong is still available here. A couple of things. Um, I think that this is a value pick, um, first and foremost. I think that Carson Strong is a lot better than going 79th overall. I don't think he's going to get this far in real life. Um, so with that said, you get great value. Um, you're getting the most important position, which is, regardless of what anyone wants to tell you, it's not defined for the future for your Minnesota Vikings because your quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is playing on a one-year contract. It's basically a proven deal to some degree. So having a plan in place heading into next year's draft, which is supposed to have considerably more potential at the quarterback position, fight Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, et cetera, um, but having a guy where you don't, you're not forced into drafting a quarterback if Kirk Cousins were to leave, 
when you're stuck with Kellen Mann, for example. Um, this gives you a little bit of more flexibility heading into next year. Um, it also gives you the chance here to evaluate a quarterback that has had first-round projections and has uh, the athleticism, the build, the arm strength, the natural talent and ability that would give you a potential starter down the road. This isn't a guy that's going to be, in theory, isn't going to be a spot starter. It's just more of a guy that needs the time to develop. And the Vikings have that luxury with Kirk Cousins in place at least for one more season. So I'm leaning Carson Strong here. As All well, right. I, <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. I, I don't like any of the cornerbacks enough, basically, to make a pick here. And I know that that sucks uh, because the Vikings desperately do need a cornerback. But in the spirit of doing exactly what we said at the top of the show, we're going to take the best player available. And to me, that's Carson Strong. And that is our fourth and final pick here. Um, Draft's going to keep going, I guess. But that is where we are going to conclude here to save you guys the grief of trying to walk through some of these guys that we don't even know heading into the draft. We'll leave that to the rest of our team and give you a more thorough analysis of, um, you know. We'll, we'll get a grade here from PFF. We got that at least. Oh, right. <laughs> We can unlock even more if we pay $1.99 a month. <laughs> okay. So here is our grade for PFF. For those of you that are watching, you can see it on the screen. Uh, for those of you listening, they loved the Drake Jackson pick at number 46. They thought the Jordan Davis pick was okay. They gave it a B grade, uh, the, you know, the very athletic, uh, hulking defensive tackle from Georgia. It's a B grade. Drake Jackson, an A. Cam Jurgens. they didn't like that one as much. They still gave us a B minus. Carson Strong, a B minus. I'm kind of shocked they gave us a B minus. It, it seems like the PFF algorithm has been fixed a little bit because I remember the last couple of years, <laughs> like the last three or four years, every time you take a quarterback, they'd give it an A plus. And so that would throw off your grade like a ton. Even if you're, you know, the Chiefs and you have Patrick Mahomes and you take a quarterback first round, they'd still fire up an A grade for that. But I, I, I mean, hey, I've done mock drafts before getting a bunch of C's and D's. So yeah. I think this is a solid. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, this is one mock draft simulator, one grading system. I'm sure there's listeners that are upset with us that we did not target a cornerback uh, in this draft. But, you know, I, 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 I would be very excited about this result. I, I, I think the combo of Davis and Jackson could be lethal in the long run. Uh, and if this 3-4 defense with Donatel is uh, as, as fearsome as we hope it is, I mean, those could be two really nice pieces to build that defense. The one thing I'll say here before we wrap things up um, kind of relative to what we just did here is I will say that I think there's real potential at the Vikings with these four selections got four starters long-term, which is what we were trying to do is build this roster out more in, in terms of collecting talent at important positions, not necessarily positions of need, but important positions, quarterback edge, interior defensive lineman, the three, four unit got three of those. You also get a center that's not necessarily plug-and-play, but in theory could start for the Vikings as soon as this upcoming season at Cam Jurgens. Um, I, I don't love that heading into round four that you have not addressed corner. Um, <laughs> I do think that I do think that giving Patrick Peterson the deal just a few weeks ago does give you a luxury to operate with this mindset that you don't necessarily need one. It does force your hand into next year's draft for sure, especially if Cam Dantzler shits the bed again this upcoming season. Um, but relative to specifically trying to acquire as much talent as possible at an important position, 
I think you've definitely got three guys that could be potential starters in that regard. And you also get Camp Jurgens, who, let's be real here. Basically, since Matt Burke retired, the Vikings have been struggling at the center position. John Sullivan, to some degree, very nice, of course, had the injury. But it's been a, it's been a revolving door at least for the last four or five years. Um, and you address it with another guy who has high value, high potential, high ceiling, um, and a guy that played at Nebraska, too. So you know that he likes the cold weather and he likes living in the middle of nowhere. So um, you do get that extra, that, that extra oomph uh, with a Midwestern-type player that came from the Big Ten, which I always liked for offensive linemen specifically. Big Ten players – offensive lineman that has a nice gel and a nice sound to it. So, you know, I really like this class despite what we didn't do. And I think it's really obvious what we didn't do. Um, you know, you missed out on the quarterback. We did not draft a wide receiver. Basically, we didn't do any of the things that in theory we wanted to do, but we let the board fall to us. And I think we got good players, players that could project very well down the line. Um, and ultimately, you're trying to build this team for the future of the Quasi, Kevin O'Connell um, regime here. And I think you definitely accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would again. I'd be. I would. I would love this result if that was the case. Obviously, I think you know, the other things will happen. Uh, but I, I, I don't know, man. I think a Jordan Davis pick would be a lot of fun. I think oh, we should note both of us are fans of Stingley. Uh, it seems like a last since we recorded last, there's more buzz that he could be yeah. gone. You know, uh, before twelve, maybe even before Sauce Gardner. There's some that kind of buzz around that even. Um, I think we're both kind of in the camp of the Stingley's there. Take him. If not, you know, I think Davis would be one of those next guys, uh, even at 12 that I would, I would consider there along with one of those receivers we mentioned. So, but either way, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's always, I mean, it's it's the NFL draft. It's always fun. Absolutely. So I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of precursor to what's upcoming later on tonight here. Uh, That's our show here for more in-depth analysis on the draft. Make sure to check out the rest of the climb in the pocket team, the daily Norseman. Uh, there's plenty of available content in that regard. I know that our guys have been pumping out plenty of content, and they will continue to do so beginning at 7 p.m. tonight. So make sure to turn, check that out, uh, check out what they're going to be doing here for the draft, with the first round all the way through the seventh round. And then look one more time here. The last time I get the luxury of doing this, make sure to check out Lake Monster Brewing on the 29th. That's this upcoming Friday. Um, the squad will be there from 5.30 to 10 p.m. doing a live show uh, featuring the mid-rounds of the draft there. So, uh, make sure to come over there, check out the giveaways, uh, grab some beer, have some good times with the guys in the squad. Uh, that is 5.30 to 10 p.m. this upcoming Friday. Uh, make sure to check that out at Lake Monster Brewing. And for us, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever else you listen to your podcast, we are available there. Uh, this was prime time for our YouTube channel. So <laughs> if you do want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, this is where it's at. This is the, one of the few times we're actually showing something of value other than just our faces on the screen. Hmm. Uh, so to make, make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. And like I said before, our home is the Daily Northman. So make sure to check out the content that's available on that website. So thank you guys for listening here. Uh, Drew, any final thoughts before I give us a final close out here? No, I don't. Uh, I think, I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, this, this will be, I, I mean, I'm very intrigued by, um, you know, the quarterback situation uh, and, and the draft and, and who's going to go for a quarterback, where Malik Wills will go, Kenny Pickett. Uh, I, I mean, obviously part of me kind of wants the Vikings to be on that, but I'm really um, doubting that that'll be the case. So I, I'm very curious as to how desperate teams are for quarterback here. Absolutely. All right, folks, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Oh.